Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Hi right, guys, welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown, your host Jake Burns, uh, just sort of leading you off here to set you on your way as we will kick into the OBR's post-game coverage where myself and Stephen Thomas essentially do our own podcast here and go through our thoughts, a game that happened quickly, no time to really process everything, so much to still learn from re-watching the game, but I wanted to get that over to you. Once again, reminder, we are brought to you by TickPick, T-I-C-K. PICK.com. If you're going to use a site, this is the best site, the no fee ticket broker site, who is going to show you a price you pay at the beginning is the same price you pay at the end. Who I trust, if you're going to get tickets to the home game when the Browns play the Ravens in two weeks, this is who you should use. Go to tickpick.com slash breakdown for all listeners of this podcast. Your first purchase is $10 off. Again, tickpick, T I C K, P I C K.com slash breakdown. Get $10 off your first use. Again, this is our show we did on Twitch. Just wanted to lead you into it so it did not come across unexpected. But this, you know, is obviously where I give out all of my opinions on this game from what I watched first time through. We'll be back with the offense breakdown tomorrow, defense the next day, all the usual stuff. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Let's get over to that time spent with Stephen Thomas on Twitch. Well, we are live. Welcome back, Cleveland Browns fans. It is the post game. Um, another close uh, but no cigar situation. There's really no way to sugarcoat this. Um, it was a huge loss. Uh, season's not over by any means. The AFC is very muddy. They could still uh, actually rather easily uh, find their way into a playoff spot, but they made it exceptionally more difficult on themselves tonight had they just made I, literally five or less plays. You could probably break it down to three or, or less plays if, if they had made them in, in critical moments that uh, this one could have gone the other way. Um, Jake, your your initial thoughts before we start talking about uh, specific players, plays, and all that kind of stuff. And yes, if you guys have, have questions in the chat and, and comments and stuff like that, obviously bring them. That's what this is for. So uh, go for that. Yeah, I think everybody probably came away from that game thinking – that the defense played pretty well, Steve. Uh, they held Baltimore to 303 yards. They turned Lamar over four times. Uh, I think we can all agree here that we've had issues with Joe Woods this season at certain points, fair or unfair, but they were pretty good at what they wanted to do. I have to go back and rewatch what they did specifically, but they kept – Baltimore bottled up, if not for a miraculous, miraculous, crazy, goofy throw, um, then perhaps hold them to 12 points, Steve. I, you know, I don't know. I I don't, I don't know what that ends up looking like, but I think the takeaway is that the defense played well offensively. (laughs) I'm not moved by it a ton, Steve, because I, I, I've been seeing this coming for a while. Uh, I thought the Cincinnati game was was a one-off. Um, I, I certainly thought that game was was weird like that. And obviously, Cincinnati has continued to play pretty well around it. So 
you know, to me, it's not, you know, obviously I've been critical of Baker and Baker had things go wrong tonight. He, you know, he was see it best, but it's everybody. It's, it's all things added up. It's the offensive line didn't play well. They're not getting open. Um, I didn't think Kevin Stefanski had a good game tonight by his standards. I mean, the, the, the team was held to 36 rushing yards. So, you know, seven, seven carries for Kareem Hunt for 20 yards and eight for 16 for Nick. So it's like, I've never seen that happen. I've never seen that Steve, where they've been held that, uh, that, that at bay that long, like this, an entire game that they were shut down. So, you know, what I'm saying is it's broken all around Kevin Stefanski. I've, I still support, think he's a great coach, had a bad night. The quarterback struggled in certain situations and kind of got lucky, not kind of, got lucky to avoid several turnovers. Um, The wide receiver tight end group is not creating separation and dropping too many throws. So it's tonight, I can't pin it on one person offensively. I thought it was everybody. It's a failure all over the board. Um, On offense, the defense played really well. I don't know how you could really come away with any takeaway other than that, Steve, that that's the issue, right? Like, the D, I mean, they're the only team in the, and I think I saw Jake Trotter tweet it the only team in the Statcast era to have four, um, four interceptions and only, and still lose. They only created three points off four interceptions in this game. I mean, that's the story, guys. They're four, four, four of 13 on third down again, Cleveland was. It's the same stuff. So, again, I'm not wildly emotionally moved by this game because I've sort of accepted the reality of what Cleveland is this year. And, and it's, uh, it's not a team that fills me with a ton of hope. I think they have some nice pieces, but I can see the obvious issues. So I, again, I'm not saying that on offense, anybody was the main issue here. I thought everybody failed today. Play calling was not as good as it. I think it has been in other times this year. I thought the quarterback was bad. thought the O-line was bad. Jed Wills was bad. They obviously it's terrible losing Jack Conklin again. And then the wide receiver group and tight end group are not creating the separation you'd like to see. So I, I just don't think they're a very good football team, Steve. And, and and I don't think we have to go any further than that. They're flawed at certain spots. Yeah. They're six and six. And, you know, we started asking this, you know, uh, maybe three, three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, maybe how, did we overestimate the talent on this team? Did we overestimate? Maybe this is as good as it gets, you know, maybe they're just an average football team and we're expecting too much. I don't know. I still, think there's a lot of talent on this team but for whatever reason it's it's impossible to deny anymore that they are on offense clunky and chunky at best they'll look great for a drive or most of a drive or you know or a drive and a half and then they'll just check out they'll just disappear and you're right i know everybody wants to blame it on baker mayfield and i got hammered at halftime for suggesting that he needed to step up in the second half when all i meant was and it was blatantly obvious to anyone who was watching, they are gearing up, doing everything. Baltimore's throwing the kitchen sink at the running game. So he needed to step up and win that game. That's all I meant. And I just got hammered for saying that. And I'm certainly not going to sit here and defend his play for most of the night, including the fumble on the, what I think was the only screen pass that they ran, um, which very well could have scored a touchdown had he not double-clutched on that one. But yeah, it was... uh, you know, they lined up uh, wrong on uh, they had somebody uh, uh, c- uh, covered up a receiver covered up on, on the opening drive. They had uh, DPJ drops that ball that hit him in the hands on the opening drive, which I thought was a huge play because they were chugging. 
mm-hmm. at that point. The offense was moving. If they stick it in for seven on that opening drive, it sets a completely different tone for the rest of the night. So, I mean, Najoku had a couple of drops. Austin Hooper dropped a couple of balls uh, that that he should have held. And and Baker missed a few guys, you know, that they weren't drops. They were just flat overthrows. I mean, the one that Chuck Clark dropped hit him right in the chest. I mean, it, there was it was all kinds of problems. There were all kinds of problems all over the place. Um, so yeah, tr- trying to blame it on one person, I, I don't think it's fair. One person is going to get most of the blame. That's just because that's the that's the reality of the position. But I think you're absolutely right. Now on defense, I thought the the defensive line did exactly what we hoped that they would do. Not only did they create pressure, but except for like twice. They stayed in their lanes, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you see this stuff better in real time than I do. There, there were no, you know, uh, Lamar sneaking out through an open lane and, and running for 50 yards. There were a couple runs here and there, but that's the best you can do against Lamar Jackson. And the other encouraging part for the defense was I thought JOK versus this offense was everything we had hoped he could be. Not only against Lamar Jackson, but against the tight ends in the flat. The guy was everywhere uh, in the run game and everything like that. So, I mean, I guess if you want to take away something good for the future, that would be it right there. But it's hard to feel good about a game that they had chance after chance after chance to win and just couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, <laughs> there's a lot of different moving parts in this game for for why they're losing it. I mean, Again, I thought the defense played well. I, I don't really – I can't pick any part of what the defense did and, and have a complaint about it. So, you know, I, four turnovers should win you every football game you're in. I, as far as the offense goes, you know, you're looking at any one thing. It's it's really hard to pin down in this one. You know, it's like if your wide receivers and tight ends don't consistently separate, right, like – Right. You got to have a quarterback that can throw them open. Well, Baker doesn't do that necessarily. So then you have two issues, right? And if you're not running the ball, there's another issue. Exactly. I just, I just like at halftime, the Browns had run for like 16 yards on 10 care or on eight carries and people wanted them to run it more. I don't know if you guys were watching the, the part of right. the game where Baltimore <laughs> was loading up eight in the box consistently and out gapping you, they weren't going to run the ball. Well, they should have thrown for 400 yards in this game. You know, that's the thing Baltimore was willing to allow you to do, which, again, Steve, Baltimore has allowed how many quarterbacks have thrown for 300 to 400 yards right. this year. So and I'm not I'm not here to pick on Baker. I'm just saying, like, it's it's all adding up, guys. And if you want Alex Van Pelt to call plays, cool. That's your that's your opinion. He called an AFC wildcard game that, you know, who knows what a lot of the scheming was. It went well. It helped that Pittsburgh turn the ball over five times in that first half or whatever it was, he's had no offensive coordinator experience dating all the way back to like the early two thousands with the Buffalo bills. I think Kevin's got a lot more pedigree in this and I think he's been fine. But again, if that's what you want, if people want to fire Kevin Stefanski, that's what you want. Then this franchise will just stay as it is. Um, You know, it'll, it'll just continue to turn over and reflux. It'll just, you'll bring in another head coach. Like I don't, you, it's not always going to be peaches here, man. Like, it, it, they're going to struggle at some point as coaches because you can't control everything as a coach. You can't complete the pass for your quarterback. You can't catch the ball for your wide receiver. You know, the offense is just struggling. They're they're hurting themselves with injuries. You know, they've been dealing with injuries all over the board. The wide receiver situation, they tried to figure out this offseason. It didn't pan out the way it, it wanted to be. So, like, they're clearly handicapped 
and it's it's a it's a struggle and and there's no denying it's a struggle i don't i just didn't know what you wanted i mean kevin wasn't great tonight i didn't i don't love the jarvis in the backfield thing like you know i i don't i don't buy it but it's fine like it just it shouldn't have happened but to me it's like okay if you want to fire kevin stefanski or if you want I just don't know what your basis is for Alex Van Pelt to be the offensive coordinator. I mean, like, okay, good, cool. I guess I don't have, there's no, but what, what, tell me what your basis is. You have one wild card game with him. So I just think that that's ludicrous talk. I think that they're just having a bad year They're Steve. They're dealing with, I think there's some quarterback regression going on and he's hurt, which clearly means, you know what I'm saying? Like clearly means that he's not going to be playing well. It's pretty obvious to me that the quarterback is regressing. And on top of that, he's dealing with injuries. You got a limited skill position group and your offensive line, your right tackle and left tackle keep missing games, Steve. So I think that's what it boils down to. I don't have the magic answer to fix the offense. If the guy's involved in it every single day, and I think Kevin and some of the guys involved in the offense are really smart. Like (laughs) I think that if they can't figure it out, then, you know, who's going to figure it out? You know, I see Kareem Hunt's dad going in on Baker on Facebook. There's a lot of parents out there from players this year that seem to be just going <laughs> wild. I, I I just, you know, I, I think the Browns are underachieving, Steve. They're yeah. pressing. They're underachieving and they're pressing. And it's just not, it's not working out this year. But that doesn't mean you have to throw everything in the trash and throw it away. I still don't think they're that far off. They have to get better quarterback play and some other pieces can get better. But like, if you just want to throw everything in the trash right now, to me, that's overreaction city. It's overreaction city. Yeah. They're not playing that as well as they wanted to this year. The collection isn't right. They'll look at ways to alter this thing, but you know, other teams get paid to win too. And I just think that Cleveland's not capitalizing, but that doesn't mean our reaction needs to be throw every single thing in the trash and let's move on from everything. So yeah, I think there's tough decisions looming at quarterback. There's tough decisions looming at some important spots. The right tackle might be a place now that they have to advance and having some discussions about because who knows how bad Jack, Jack Conklin's knee was. Him walking off the field, Steve, was really, really strange there. I don't know what it was. Uh, ultimately, we'll figure it out, I'm sure, in the coming week. But there are some really good parts of this team here, right? Like yep. there's some really good parts of this team still. So we'll see. It's frustrating. You're frustrated. I'm frustrated. But there are really redeemable parts of this team. So, you know, it's it's uh it's just tough. It's just tough. I like I again, it's twofold to me, Steve. Your wide receivers and tight ends are not consistently catching the ball and consistently separating. There are some schemed up throws in this game that went really well, but when the when the when the rubber hits the road, it's predictable pass time, Steve, and we have to complete a pass in a predictable situation. They have not been able to get it done all year, and that is the problem. They were, again, uh, as far as the last metric went into the final drive, Steve, one for six on third and seven or more, and all three of those, you know, they had another one, so they'd be one for seven on third and seven or more. So they have to solve that. That's the big equation to solve. Whether that means they're going out and getting a wide receiver in free agency and the draft, I don't know. Does that mean they're making a change at quarterback? I don't know. I don't have any of those answers for you folks, but I'm watching the same thing you are. You're frustrated by it. I get it. I don't have the answer. I don't think it's going to rectify itself this year. I think that Baker is too beat up and 
they're limited in what they can do at the skill position spot. And that's the, that's just where they are. That's why I think they're like a seven and 10 team. That's just, that's where I'm at, Steve. That's what I've been kind of saying here for a few, three, four weeks now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and, and there's a, a comment in here uh, I wanted to put up here from uh, Sir. It's either Sir Bradlist or Sir Bradiest. I can't tell if that's an I or an L there, but uh, we appreciate you being here. Uh, either way, he says Lamar lifts his team to a win late, even after hurting the team repeatedly. And last week on the Monday Rewind show, Ian will remember this, our great producer Ian, who is behind the scenes, and anybody who was here. We started off the show, and I said the difference between the Ravens and the Browns they're they're both average football teams. I, I I really don't think the Ravens at overall as a team are this no. much better in the standings than the Cleveland Browns are. The difference has been that even with all the mistakes, Lamar Jackson has made enough plays over the course of the season at critical moments to pull out impossible wins. Now the Lions game was handed to them by the referees. That one notwithstanding, but there's been a couple other games too. They've got three or four games that they shouldn't have won that he figured out just enough after not playing well for most of the day to do it. And Baker Mayfield has not. Now, three minutes after that, one of the guys who just got banned called me a Baker Mayfield sycophant. So apparently he just just hates me for whatever reason. Maybe I slept with his sister in 1987 or something. I don't know. But, you know, the point is, that's been the difference. And, but again, not the only problem. If Baker puts a ball on somebody, they drop it half the time, or, you know, they don't get out of bounds. There's just, there's so many things going wrong at different times. Now, Baker Mayfield is going to get the lion's share of the, 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 as my dad used to say, and I apologize for my language, shit rolls downhill. And the quarterback is at the bottom right there. The quarterback is at, it, it, the quarterback gets all the glory when things go right. The quarterback gets all the blame when things goes wrong, right or wrong. I'm not saying that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. But I think it's clear to, that you have said and we have said and everything else, we're not excusing his play in any way. We haven't for over a month here. 
but he's not the only issue with this offense. That's all we're trying to get people to understand. I wanted to ask you something because on the uh, uh, the fumble play on the screen pass, which was, I think, if not the biggest, one of the biggest plays of the entire game, because that play, it if you watch it from the end zone view, if not scored, they would have been inside the 10. That could have been six points right there. Mm-hmm. I still don't know why he double clutched. I have no idea why he did that. Somebody was blocking his view or something. I'm not sure. But with the screen pass, and we talked about it in the pregame, we thought that would be an excellent way to combat what they were probably going to do with their pass rush and with their uh, blitz package and the fact that they were going to stack the, stack the box against the run. That, As far as I can recall, that was the only time they even attempted to run a screen pass. I know you don't have an answer, but I'm going to throw this on your plate anyway. Can you think of any possible reason for that to be the case? You love to call screens against zone teams, Steve, and they're a high-volume man team. Mm-hmm. And when you have a man-to-man guy eyeing the line or eyeing the running back, it's hard to call some of those. So I think there was some fear on that side. Should they have run a couple more? I think so. I think they could have definitely. Mm-hmm. But I do. I do think when you play man-to-man teams who are eyeing those guys, you uh, you you definitely don't feel as great about it. So there there's there's workarounds there that you try to come up with. They could have called a couple more. Yeah, I think I didn't think like I said from the beginning, guys. I didn't think the play calling was great tonight, and I haven't felt that way very many times this year. Uh, I just didn't. I just didn't think it was great. Um, but again, too, you're talking about schemed open throws, Steve. I mean, th- there were quite a few of them. Now Baker made a great throw on that over route ball to Jarvis Landry for 38 mm, yards. Mm. But like Dot. those are schemed up. I mean, Harrison Bryant guys isn't beating man coverage. Harrison Bryant had three for 50. Those are schemed up throws. Uh, David Njoku, the ball that almost landed on the ground, that was a great catch. Is pretty not a great throw. Pretty great catch on a ball that was on the ground. Uh, goes down and gets it. I mean, that's, I mean, the same for Jarvis Landry's other 65 yards. I mean, they're schemed up stuff happening all over the field. So yeah, those are, if a guy catches the football 25 yards downfield and he's wide open, like Harrison Bryant was a couple times, that's a schemed up throw guys. Like that's, that's what we're talking about. And they, they're happening, um, but they're not hitting on enough of them. The ball to Hooper that air, sailed, sailed over his head. That's a schemed up throw that should have been a 20 25 yard game it's it, those are that they're out there it's not like they're not doing it guys so yeah there's some of that there, there's some of that i mean again baker was 18 for 37 in this game over the course of the last three games now they're 50 percent completion percentage uh three touchdowns three interceptions two fumbles lost so they're not throwing the ball very well uh but again if you ask me what this game comes down to steve the, the ravens ran 20 more plays Cleveland had a net rushing of 40 yards and Baltimore had a net rushing of 148. Kind of similar to the Ohio State-Michigan game. One team, I thought, did a pretty good job of gaining rushing yards and one team didn't. And if you're going to only throw for 40 yards like Cleveland did, you can't you can only throw for 222. So that's uh, pretty simple stuff to me. They didn't capitalize on turnovers and they didn't run the ball. 262 total yards for your Browns today. And... Yeah, yeah, they're all they're all bothered. They're all beat up. I mean, this is something to remember is they still haven't they're just about to hit the bye week. They've been playing football for 12 straight weeks. And if you include if you don't want to include the bye week that was embedded in between the preseason and the in the regular season where that's not really a bye week, they definitely have everybody in during those two weeks. They've been going at this thing for like 16 straight weeks, Steve. So yeah, they're 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 really all of them should look years older. They're all physically and mentally worn down. So that's just the truth. They're all they're six and six, and they're really upset by that. They think they should be better, just like you think they should be better. And 
you know, they're frustrated and beat up and, and it, it, it sucks. They lost this game before the bye, but um, that's just, that's just the, the nature of it. So I just wanted to reiterate, there are some schemed open throws that are happening for them. They're not getting a bunch of one-on-one or extended plays when they, when plays break down, they're not getting cheap answers and scramble drill. They're not getting any out of pocket stuff from, from Mayfield and his targets. Like there's none of that happening when a play breaks down. It's pretty consistently a, a either a one or two yard gain or a flip the ball out of bounds scenario. So you're not having any yards created for you after the scheme is run through. And what was the recipe before the game, Steve, if they don't get out in front early, if they don't run the ball well, they're not going to win. Now, in this game, Baltimore tried to allow Cleveland to still win with right. four turnovers, but this isn't the formula that the Browns win games on. So um, I, I really don't have – it's it's a really simple answer for this game, what happened and why it went the way it went. They didn't run it well, and because Baltimore would not let them run it well, I'm telling you, <laughs> if we're thinking the Browns have to run the ball to win – Guess what the opposing team is thinking? The same things. They're trying to take those things away, and Baltimore has a good enough front to do that, and they were overly dramatic in it. So they they had no fear of the wide receiver tight end group and Baker Mayfield beating them today. That's just the fact. Yeah, they played – it's now that I'm I'm thinking about it and we're talking about it, it it unfolded similarly to the Chiefs game in the playoffs last year. They're, they're, yeah. Whereas last year in that Chiefs game, Baker played lights out. He threw the ball through a keyhole all day long uh, and almost brought them to a win today. He didn't come close to that. So I, I wanted to ask this. Uh, I'll, I'll use Kevo uh, 680's question here. Thanks for being here, Kevo, one of our regulars. Um, and I'll, I'll follow up on it to um, put it into a larger question for you. His question, how much of an overhaul – do you think the receiver room needs for next season? Since there's no separation. There's too many drops. I don't think Higgins and Schwartz playing would have made a difference. Um, as far as the separation, uh, I think I wanted to roll this all into one thing for you. Obviously, we know they're going to attack wide receiver in the offseason, be it wide, be it uh, free agent or the draft or both. Probably both would be my guess. Uh, but there doesn't seem to be any yak for this team whatsoever. They're not separating before the ball is thrown. And as you alluded to, and you and I were texting during the game, for whatever reason, uh, Baker's off-schedule, out-of-system aggressiveness and big playmaking ability ability has absolutely vanished. It was a huge part of his draw during his draft cycle that he could make plays. Comfort in the chaos was a, uh, a phrase that you used frequently during the draft cycle in our show's uh, during that draft cycle, his rookie year, obviously, when he was still figuring stuff out, it was a huge part of his game. Even in the Freddie year, he made some plays off of schedule and it simply has just completely and utterly vanished. When he gets flushed, either he's afraid to throw it, he throws it at the last second trying to fit it into something like that on the on the window and or on the uh, sideline and it doesn't work or he throws it away or makes like a one yard gain running the ball out of bounds. Is there any thing they can do with this current group for the rest of the year to improve the separation, to improve the potential yak ability. And then after that, we'll talk about uh, some offseason acquisitions, maybe looking for next year. I can, they improve it. No, I mean, I don't think so. I, I, you just, <laughs> I don't know how you improve it. It's not like at this point in the season, you're going to just sharpen up your route running or, 
be able to add elements to your route running, layer it up to be able to improve your separation. I think you either have that or you don't have that, Steve. So I don't Mm -hmm. think there's any improving it. I think it's going to be a huge point of emphasis. I've continued to say the only guys from the wide receiver room I really expect to be back next year are Donovan Peoples-Jones and Anthony Schwartz. I think they're going Mm -hmm. to flush Higgins down. I don't think Jarvis is going to want to take less money and they can't pay him more. Uh, They're not going to pay him what he's getting paid right now. And, um, you know, Jamarcus Bradley could be back as like a fringe guy, practice squad guy. But, yeah, like that's it. That's that's the extent of it. So, um they're going to they're going to overhaul it. They're going to bring in a receiver in the in the draft. I hopefully they draft one early cuz I think there's some studs in the first round all over the first round as we've been looking at them. And then there's a couple guys in free agency that'll pique our interest as well, Steve. So yeah, I think they're going to overhaul that position and but again, we got 5 weeks left. I I don't know what they 5 weeks is a lot of football, guys. A right. lot of things can happen in 5 weeks. Who knows what we'll feel like at the end of December? I don't know, but I do think it's fair to sit here and think right now they have to improve their their skill at the wide receiver position. They don't mm-hmm. have they don't have a bunch of dudes. So, but but again, we're all really frustrated. We're all really frustrated, and um, I don't have an answer for how they fix it. I think somebody asked that earlier in the in this in this comment section. Their formula is their formula. They have to run it well. If they don't run it well, the way they're structured right now, it's never going to work. So. Again, because the quarterback I don't think is very good, and I don't think the guys at the wide receiver tight end position are consistently good enough to help him do those things, Steve. So it's just a mixture of those. And if you if that's your scenario where you know you don't get if you don't get anything perfectly thrown off of the scheme, then there's nothing nothing good's going to come of the play. Like like you said, like like Baker's not extending plays to throw downfield, and I have watched every game as you know I do. There have been opportunities to push it downfield and give his guys a chance. The example is the uh, the throw uh, that, that that gets lobbed up there to Andrews. He trusts him. Just hey man, you know I'll, I'll give you a chance. That doesn't happen. They, he doesn't do that, and that's fine. You know I, maybe he doesn't trust his guys. I don't know. I really don't know. But there are just the, the, all I know is that there are tough decisions coming. They can improve in several positions on the offense, several positions, and. While the interior of the offensive line is good, I didn't think Jedrick Wills was very good tonight. I did not think the right tackle spot with Blake Hans was very good. And it's accumulation. Tonight was, a, you know, when you go for 10 points in an NFL game, it's a lot of people. It's typically not just one person. So, uh, you know, we talked a lot about him. I mean, I, I need to to shift gears and go back to the defense because I, I know Joe Woods has been ripped apart all year, but I thought – from the first view, Steve, I thought they did a really great job. They bottled up Lamar as well as they've ever bottled him up. A um, couple tough plays here and there that could have could have helped themselves, but you know, to to hold Lamar to 165, pick you know, for, turn him over four times, and really, you know, Lamar ran for 68, Freeman ran for 52, Latavius Murray ran for 14, Duvernay had a flip little flip pass for 13. I was really, I just kind of want to, as we sort of wind this down, because I don't know how many times you and I can say the same thing over and over again, different ways. Um, just want to reiterate, I thought the defense played really well and they seemed like they knew what they were supposed to be doing for most of the night, other than the play where they had 10 guys on the field early in the second half, which was really frustrating. Um, JOK is a bona fide star. I believe that. I think he's going to be one of the best linebackers in the next five years in the NFL. Uh, I thought, to reiterate, Miles Garrett, freak of nature, hustle plays all over the field. Uh, him and Clowney deserve 
all the praise in the world because I thought they made life hectic for Lamar mm-hmm. uh, all game. I thought Jordan Elliott played a pretty good football game tonight. John Johnson had, hey man, what a great interception that was. You know, the, the positive play. He had uh, seven tackles in this game in that interception. Ronnie Harrison, still a frustrating player here and there, but 14 tackles in the game and an interception for Ronnie Harrison. So I thought he played pretty well for the most part and has continued to think as much as you can get Ronnie Harrington, um, sorry, Ronnie Harrison moving downfield, I think in a, in a forward fashion, not in retreat, he's a fine football player, but you know, I just, again, we could talk about the, I got to watch the tape. Like as far as the scramble drill, I'm kind of all over the place, guys. I'm sorry. I'm trying to answer so many things. That's what a game like this does. (laughs) As far as the scramble drill stuff goes, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have an answer for that. I have to see it. So like in this game, I'll try to show you guys some examples afterward. I mean, they'll get the film at 5 a.m. tomorrow. I'll try to show you. But it's really hard to make judgments on anything downfield, Steve, until right. you watch everybody in a play. And I like Sunday night football, but they really don't give you the whole field very often. Some some broadcasts do a better job of giving you like behind camera views. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. do a great job with that. So it's hard to tell on some of these plays who was open and who wasn't open. So we'll get we'll get to that tomorrow to see who more of the blame falls on. But um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I love you guys, but this is not a good Browns football team. And there's a lot of different ways you could be uh, placing your blame to me personally. I'll just tell you where I am. And Steve, you could tell me where you're at as we close. Uh, I, I think that the quarterback is a place that they're looking to improve. Uh, they should be. We will see if they keep Baker next year. They'll probably keep him at the 18 million. They'll give him a chance. And if he blows it up next year, they'll find a way to make it work. But I think they're looking at ways to improve it. Um, they have to improve their wide receiver situation. You know, I, I I think that's fairly obvious. The Austin Hooper thing is a bug. I don't know what I don't know what to do there. He's, he blocks really well, but he's just so limited in the pass game. So I don't know about that. Um, you know, the right tackle position. It seems like Conklin's probably done for the year, but he could be back next year. So. That's your offense structure. I talked about wide receiver. I just don't think they're very good right now, and I think they're very limited by certain things. So, like, my opinion of the offense is I still believe in Kevin Stefanski. I think he's done a nice job still getting them throws and getting this quarterback chances. And, um, you know, I I, I, <laughs> I think it's really hard. I don't think anybody has a clue the difficulty it is for play calling. Right. And like how results based thinking the play calling is, Steve. So I saw opportunities that weren't capitalized on. But again, I also didn't think some of his sequencing was very good tonight. And I also thought that he made some mistakes with like the the Jarvis Landry stuff where you can't, you just, in that situation, I didn't really like calling that. I didn't see the upside there. So I think offensively, they're stuck in in a spot. They're stuck in a weird spot. I don't believe in some of the pieces that they have there right now for me defensively i think they've got some nice players to roll it into next year and still have a pretty nice defense we'll see what the long term looks like for joe woods i think there's some redeemable parts of joe woods and there's some non-redeemable parts of joe woods we'll see if they give him another year typically when a disappointing season happens steve somebody somebody gets it somebody somebody's gets, gotta somebody, somebody's gotta the take face. the blame yeah, yeah so we'll see i just it's hard to me when you look at the last few games i i saw somebody tweet about it uh i'll try to pull this up real quick Outside of the uh, 41 points um, that the Browns have put up this year, uh, put up recently with the Bengals, they've gone 
Uh, let's see here. Starting with the Cardinals, 14 points, 17 points, 10 points, 7 points, 13 points, and 10 points. So the offense is the failing part. Not of this. good enough. And Cincinnati was the one game in there that they went for 41, which is obviously a, few, a, a pretty pretty big fluke. Not, not even not good enough, Steve. It's a failure. It's a failure yeah. from everybody involved. Now, you can have your opinion on it. That's cool. I'm not going to like call you an idiot. I think Kevin Stefanski is still the long-term part of this thing that makes a ton of sense. I think he's done a nice job in large portions of the season. And again, I agree that the call with Jarvis was terrible today. Didn't like it. There's some sequencing stuff you can pick on here and there. But the NFL ultimately has a lot to do with your Jimmys and Joes making plays. And I think he's really, really hands-tied on some of those things that are out of his control. It's not, I guarantee you, it's not all play calling. It's not all play calling. So that's just where I'm at. Again, you can disagree. Totally cool. Steve, I'll let you close us up, man. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Yeah, uh, just a couple of things I wanted to touch on, and then one more thing I wanted to bring in from the chat. I, w- I think you're right. I think uh, the, the broadcast made mention of how many times Jadeby and Clowney came close and then missed Lamar Jackson. They were focused on the fact that he missed him that many times, but... I prefer to think of the time that he was there all mm-hmm. the time. He was making life miserable. That's what we said at the at the beginning of the game. They have to disrupt the timing. They have to disrupt that. Now, against a guy like Lamar, as we've seen for his entire career, and we saw again tonight, disrupting his timing and getting him out of his rhythm, it works maybe half the time. And the other half the time, he can make those ludicrous plays where he's obviously some kind of a warlock there's just no way he makes plays like that he's he's ridiculous but i thought jadevian Clowney played his ass off tonight i thought it was fantastic um as far as the offense goes again baker mayfield did not do enough uh i have said this on numerous occasions i said i was sitting in the stands at the charger game when they got the ball back for that that last time uh 47 42 they got the ball with minute whatever 27 whatever it was and I turned to my father and my brother who flew out to L.A. for the game with me. And I said, you want to be a $40 million quarterback? This is the drive that they pay you for. You know, these are the drives that they pay you for. And he didn't do it. And he didn't do it again tonight. Was it all his fault? Absolutely not. No one is saying that. But I don't think there's anybody out there left. Well, no, that's not true. There are people who are just all over me for even questioning Baker Mayfield. But I don't think he played good enough. If your defense hold the t- holds the other team to 16 points, you should win that game 90 to 95% of the time. And they haven't done that a couple of times. And ultimately that, you know, that comes down to that. You want the glory? You're going to get the shit rolled down on rolling downhill on you too. So I, I think it's very fair to be questioning that. I think it's very fair to be looking at the options 
uh, um, uh, in this offseason. Now you want to talk about trading for Russell Wilson, trading for Aaron Rodgers, all that stuff, trading for Deshaun Watson. Go ahead, talk about it all. And it'll make for some fun conversations during the offseason. Personally, if you ask me to put my chips on the table right now, I don't think any of that's going to come to fruition. And I don't think this draft class offers anybody who offers uh, even close to immediate upgrades in that uh, ability. Maybe some guys work out long term, but that's not what they're looking for right now. So if you ask me right now to put my chips on the table, week one in Cleveland under center next year, it's going to be Baker Mayfield. Like you said, they're going to mm-hmm. give him that year. They're going to give the, and whatever happens happens. If he comes out and balls out, great. They'll give him the, the, the extension and we've got our quarterback and off we go on our merry way. If he goes out and plays again next year, like he's playing this year, then I think it's quite obvious. He's not going to be the guy. Now, can they go out and bring in a Marcus Mariota or that type? I'm not saying him specifically, but someone who can come in and maybe give your offense a bit of a jolt, a bit of a different look if he comes out and plays bad at the beginning of the year next year. That's a legitimate possibility because despite what a bunch of angry people in my mentions, uh, on my Twitter mentions said at halftime, Case Keenum, capable backup, decent guy. I like him. He's not a big upgrade over what Baker Mayfield is putting out there right now as far as giving you opportunities to throw the ball down the field and stretch the defense. So I think you're absolutely right on that. And I wanted to bring this in here, and I think this sort of leads me into why we are all so frustrated and why the people that say things like, well, we would have killed for six and six five years ago are missing the point. Here's a uh, Jay Dub Dobsha. Uh, thank you for being here. I, I butchered that, I'm sure. But thank you for being here. Thank you for the comment. If they win week one against Kansas City and the shootout with the Bolts, I feel the attitude of this team wins them the game in Pittsburgh in this one. Nobody knows that for sure, but it's a legitimate thing to think because momentum and and relaxing and playing instead of thinking is a big part of what can happen and change three or four plays, which ultimately change the outcome of an NFL game. But I think the reason that we're all frustrated is exactly encapsulated in your question. They're so close. It's that close. It's not like they're getting beat. They've had a couple of times where they've been walked off the field. But it's not like they're getting beat 45 to 7 every single week. It's two to three plays that we are on here on this Twitch show every single week saying, if they hadn't done this, this, and this, the whole game is different. And that, in some ways, is wildly more frustrating than 1-31 and from a fan standpoint because you know it's in there. You've seen them do it. We saw them go out and just just house the Bengals in their own yard. And the Bengals are one of the better teams in the AFC, as they are proving. We've seen them do it. And why they're not doing it on a consistent or even approaching it on a consistent basis, I think is why we're all so frustrated. So you ask me where I am with this team. I think we're pretty much in the same boat here. Um, I always try to look at it realistically and looking at the standings in the AFC and the inconsistencies of the other gaggle of teams that are between four, five, six losses right now. They're in no way out of the wild card race. It's they made it infinitely more difficult on themselves here tonight, but they're in no way out of it. They can still do it, you know. And I think they have the talent to go out there and win some football games. The schedule gets brutal here, so it's gonna they're going to have to really ramp up their game. But that being said, I think I'm with you. I don't know how we point to anything concrete that tells us that they're going to. Can they put it together and and sneak into the playoffs? Yes, absolutely they can. Will they? I really don't think there's anything concrete other than just we think they can do it that we can point to 
that says, you know, that they will. So that's where I am with this team. I'm going to root like hell for them because I'm a fan. I've been a fan for 51 years. I've been a season ticket holder since 1991. I am never going to stop rooting for them. I don't want them to lose so that I'm right about something. That's never been the way I am. I'm going to root like hell for them. But if you ask me to take my fan hat off and put my analyst hat on, I'm pretty much in the same boat with you right now, Jake, in that I just don't see how they're going to do it unless a whole bunch of stuff just changes magically at this point in the season. Yeah, I don't, I literally have not, I've said all I can say. I have nothing else to add to that. I think, I think we're both equally frustrated as everybody who is sick enough to hang out and listen to us is frustrated. So exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, guys, I will do what we do. We'll, we'll rewatch it and I'll post some clips over the next few days and, and Steve will, do the same. We'll be back tomorrow night, Monday night's rewind that we always do. If you want to have more answers, yeah, Mark Sessler from NFL network for tomorrow. And I wanted to pump that tonight. Thanks for reminding me. I almost forgot to put that out there. Mark Sessler from NFL network. will be here tomorrow night after Fred uh, on Monday rewind. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Mark's mm-hmm. one of the best. Everybody should come to that. We'll have podcasts where we will break down everything as you, as you guys know, we do, we'll break down, um, you know, uh, pretty much all aspects of why the offense failed by tomorrow. We'll have our Tuesday chalk talk. And that time I'll have, I'll have a couple podcasts of my own, looking at the intricate details of all of it and we'll go through it. And if you care, show up. And if you don't, I don't blame you. It can get, <laughs> it can get it, literally, it can wear you. Out. It is this, the past month, it's Steve exhausting. has worn me out physically. Like I have a hard time talking about the Browns to an extent because I'm just, I'm tired of saying the same things in 14 different ways. I can't keep doing it. So I'm trying my best and yeah, I don't want to argue with you anymore or anybody, you know, like I don't want to argue mm-hmm. with people about it. I'm so <laughs> tired of arguing about it. We'll see what they do. I don't have the answers. Nobody has the answers. The guys closest to the situation don't have the answers. So we'll, well see if they turn it Here's around. a good point. If you're tired of arguing about this team uh, pretty soon, you can start arguing with me about why they should or shouldn't draft these guys. That that's always fun. We'll, we'll move to that here pretty soon. Right. Yes, I, I'm all about taking all of the frustration toward me and throwing it to you. So <laughs> that's why that's why we're here. But uh, anyway, guys, thanks for joining us tonight. I'm sorry the Browns didn't win. I wanted them to win. We all did. It's more fun when we come on here and talk about a Browns win. But as we do here at the OBR with the bye week looming, we'll cover all of it. We'll write on everything. We'll give you all the information we can give you. Uh, about not only the now but the future we'll continue to talk about draft we'll continue to do everything that we normally do That's what and she said. Uh, there it is got to get one of those in every night um <laughs> anyway guys have a great night we at the obr appreciate you guys spending time with us have a good night steve from ian who does a great job producing with us uh, one of the best out there we'll catch you later this week mark sessler tomorrow night The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. 
For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.